we have a theme song now. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know how good it is, <laughs> but we're going to give it a shot here and then, uh, and then we're going to get into it. And uh, yeah, let's start the show. Listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. Hosted by Brandon Davenport, aka It's Brandon D. Feels good, eh? Wow, and it's actually real. I'm just grooving out to this right now. How cool is that? Um, probably doesn't sound super great on Twitter spaces, but it's more for the podcast people, but it's for you people. It's for everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Big upgrades to the show. Um, this is actually uh, an, an actual production now. <laughs> it's been too long. Um, and really, it's like this is um, made possible because of contributors to the show, listeners of the show. Um there's no um, advertisements. There's no sponsors. It's just, you know, listeners of the show and they send HBAR to an address and then I can make things happen with the show. And so we've received about close to 10,000 or so HBAR to the Hashgraph Enthusiasts account. And basically it's given me enough to buy a bunch of professional equipment. So... Now the show sounds a lot better. Uh, we're growing the show. It's a way for the listeners to say, hey, you know, we want more of this. And just I'm super grateful to um, everybody listening to the show, all the supporters, everybody who has, um, you know, contributed HBAR, all that stuff. Um, just incredible. So really appreciate everybody. And, you know, bear with me for the next couple episodes as I learn the gear. Um and get used to everything. It ain't my first rodeo, though. To be honest, I've done podcasts for a long time. It's just, it's been a while since I've had, you know, proper equipment. So bear with me and uh, I'll, uh, it'll continue to get better. I have many uh, fun plans prepared for the show. And uh, just before we get started, there's a quick note. The next episode on the 20th will be the last one of the year. I'm taking a break on the 27th. I got the holidays. I got family. I got stuff going on. And the show will be back in the new year. So next episode will be the last episode of 2023. So make sure to tune into that. But this is a big, this is a big week. Um, and one of the main things is that if I look at um, the current TPS of Hedera, like we're approaching an average of, you know, 3000 TPS, which is wild. Um, I sent out a tweet. Uh, yesterday that was like, um, you know, we started this year at, what was it, 9 TPS? Um, and now we're literally at, you know, 3,000, getting close to 3,000. I just, on this website, I just saw, you know, 3,700 TPS. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, and if that's not growth, I don't know what is. Um, and there's a few stories, like some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is, of course, 
the new Hedera president, um, which I think is, you know, the biggest news of the week easily that just broke, um, you know, hours, minutes ago, um, which is huge. Um, also, we've got uh, FSCO that's gone live on Hedera, which is a use case that, you know, we've talked about a lot on uh, on the show. And I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, been hoping for it to go live. Uh, the CEO, David, is, is has been really open um, with the community and kind of what people can expect. And it's kind of been wild to see that unfold. So it's live. And I think it's having a big impact on the TPS. We're going to have to wait and see and dive into, you know, who's submitting those transactions, what kinds of transactions are being submitted, but I think it's a big one. We're going to talk about the governing council meeting minutes. We're going to talk about um, some rumors around the Bitcoin ETF, all that kind of stuff. We're going to touch on some of the conversations I had recently on the show regarding carbon credits. I think that um, there was uh, some new information and a new way of thinking about things that I think grabbed the Hedera uh, community's attention. Um, Just, you know, a new way of thinking about it uh, that I've just wanted to talk about uh, music NFTs, uh, some other news, uh, bull market thoughts, all sorts of different things. Um, and just quick off the top, um, just a couple stories before we get into the main meat and potatoes of the show, talking about the new Hedera president. By the way, how weird is that? Um, you know, the, the president of Hedera, I can only imagine the memes that are going to come out of that. And also too, you know, um, the president of Hedera's name is Charles. And one of the biggest um, critics of Hedera is also named Charles, right? The founder of Cardano. And uh, so it's like this story of two Charles, you know, we've got our Charles now, which is, you know, it's kind of funny, but we're going to have to see how that goes. Um. Bank Social, I had John on the show recently, CEO of Bank Social. Really great conversation. Uh, lots of fascinating, fascinating um, insights from him. Go back and listen to that episode. I don't know what number it is. Um, but their wallet, their their 2.0 wallet is launching tomorrow, which is huge. Um, as people know, they're launching a new credit union. They're doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's I think it's a lot bigger than people... Uh, perceive it um, and there's a lot of energy behind it so I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how it unfolds but they have some big news tomorrow they're launching their new wallet and it's a you know it's a multi-chain wallet there's a lot of stuff going on um, there was a spike in account creation on Hedera uh, quite a drastic spike actually um, uh, shout out to uh, HBAR Tata who's currently listening down there shout out to you um, a tweet yesterday over 30,000 new accounts created on Hedera in the last 24 hours. 314,000 new accounts created in the last 30 days. So a substantial spike. Not quite clear on like who it's from. I know that there was speculation that um, it was from uh, the, the Slime World Nada use case. Um, there were some other things, but you know, your brain goes to, you know, Hmm, you know, was that anything to do with FSCO? Is there another type of use case, you know, potentially coming online? Um, so we'll just have to see. Um, but huge spike, 
Um, and if this rate keeps up, you know, you could, you could argue that, um, you know, 300,000, like hundreds of thousands of accounts being created every month or every few weeks, which is kind of crazy. Um, Archax, a UK regulated institutional grade digital asset exchange adds HBAR staking support. Now this is important because, I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, uh, Archax quite a bit, real world assets. Um, as people know, Archax is also involved um, with a bunch of stablecoin studio stuff. Um, and they're really interesting because they're partnering with a lot of different use cases. Also Aberdeen uh, with tokenizing their, their mutual uh, funds, all different things like that. So when you look at, you know, a big regulated exchange um, and you think about the holders of HBAR on that exchange, you think about the type of person that is, it's like, hey, these are the people that are going to maybe drive some of this major price appreciation on, uh, on Hedera. So um, that's going to be exciting. And it's, and it's interesting because now that they have HBAR staking support, um, it just shows that some of these, you know, major exchanges and institutions are kind of developing further into the ecosystem, into the network. Um, and those people are getting more exposure to the ecosystem. So it's like, you know, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, another interesting story is, uh, VR jam coming to Hedera. Uh, I'm interested in VR stuff. I'm interested in gaming stuff. Um, this is, uh, a use case that originally was developing on, um, where were they? I think the HBAR Foundation sent out a tweet. They were on another network, was it? I don't want to say that, you know, just a random network. Um, they were originally on um, Polygon. So they're migrating from Polygon to Hedera, VR gaming type stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, I dig it. Well, I think I think this is going to be a common thing we're going to be seeing um, as things move on. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Um, and... Yeah, those are those are a couple quick things. <laughs> One thing that's funny is um, I have this like script that I read at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't know if I want to keep doing that. I'm really kind of you know as the show grows and as things morph, um, you know I, I'm like I don't know if I really want to read it. I mean, really, what I say is like you know hello from Ottawa, Canada, and what my name is, and this and that, and what the day is, and what the episode number is. So like you know it's episode 105 and. Um, you know, we do the show live every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern, 9 AM Pacific. Uh, it's on, you know, all major podcast platforms like Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Um, and you know, there's interview episodes. I did a great interview recently with Dave CEO of take on, which was fantastic. Um, and you know, get all the info you need about the show at it's brandon slash H bar. Um, you know, Anyone listening live now, share the spaces. Let's get some more people in here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, I want to make the intros, you know, a little tighter. Um, I'm learning continually, improving the show. I mean, geez, it's been a, over a hundred episodes. So, um, you know, that's what it's all about. And check this out too, as we transition, what, I, what I'm going to be doing is stuff like this. Okay, so... On to our next big story. The president of Hedera. What's that all about? Who is Charles? What's going on with that? And what does it mean? Uh, 
Um, and uh, I see IPEX down there. Uh, maybe I'll uh, I'll have you up. Maybe IPEX just really quick after um, I get through this story because I know you have a a thread that you do every week, kind of um, you know summarizing some big moments. So I'll bring you up in a in a second here. But um, yeah, so Hedera has a new president and. For for people unfamiliar, like what does that mean, right? Like what like what do they mean, you know, president? So basically, Hedera is um, an LLC, right? It's a company. It's owned by the governing council, as you know, people know the members like Google and Boeing and IBM and this and that. And when you have an LLC or or a kind of company like maybe a corporation, there are two. There, there, there are really only two um, standard roles for a corporation, a secretary and a president, right? And those are just kind of, in every company out there, you have a secretary and a president. And other roles, like a CEO or something like that, those are just made up um, under the constructs of the company and its bylaws and this and that. But really, secretary and president are just the standard roles that every company has. It's nothing special. If you go to a coffee shop, right? They have a secretary and president. It's the, it's the legally required roles of a company. Um, very often for a startup, one person will, will hold those titles. Either it's a founder or maybe it's a chair of the board um, or what have you. So in Hedera, uh, Brett McDowell, who is the the chair of the Hedera board, served both of those roles, right? Um, president and secretary. Um, and recently this year, Hedera announced that they would be searching for a president. And what that meant was, you know, at a very high level from the, from the company, right? Hedera LLC. That's kind of decentralizing the roles, right? It's, it's you know, we have two roles that perform arguably kind of different tasks. And um, we're moving beyond the kind of, you know, bootstrapped startup stage. And, and we'll need um, two people to, uh, you know, helm those roles. It's two separate roles, right? So uh, Brett McDowell, who's the chair of the board, will, I, I believe, continue as secretary. But we have a new president. And so... Explain that way. It's kind of like, ah, okay, it's it's not actually that exciting. It's a it's a standard, you know, role of a company, whatever. Um, but when you flip it over, it's actually way more exciting um, than it sounds. And I think that that's how it's being received by the community because, on the surface, a lot of people don't know about those kind of intricacies of a company or whatever. So when you say the president of Hedera. That just sounds crazy and fun, and uh, there's probably going to be a lot of memes about that. Um, and you know, I think that you know, again, just the idea that you know, hey, it's the president of Hedera. Uh, it just, it, it, I think it's going to be received uh, really well. Um, I think it's going to, you know, there's gonna, again, there's going to be a lot of memes and a lot of fun stuff about it. Um, but when we really get into it, um, the the individual brought on as the president, Charles Atkins, um, I think, you know, I'm really happy with the selection that the governing council made because of his background, uh, but also because it addresses a very particular need that I think that a lot of people in the community have seen as a weak spot. 
in Hedera, right? Um, and that's marketing. I think that having a president of Hedera who has a very strong background in marketing, um, I think is going to, he's going to be able to influence the governing council in a way that I don't think um, they've been able to be influenced before. I think he's going to be able to drive a lot of initiatives um, that are important that maybe the governing council might've been blind to. And I, and I think it comes down to this. Um, the community saw a problem with Hedera, which was, you know, the, the marketing for the network felt um, misaligned with the web three ecosystem, right? The crypto industry, rightfully so. Um, but again, the, the other side to that was Hedera's ultra conservative approach. Um, I think, um, mitigated a lot of risk, right? Like I think that it, it prevented Hedera from being swallowed up by a lot of controversy, um, or some of the pitfalls that a lot of other networks have experienced. So on one hand, it's like Hedera has been playing it very, very safe, which has, you know, kept, uh, a, a, arguably a low profile for Hedera. But the flip side to that is, is that with a low profile, um, you don't get that attention. You don't get, um, that, that mass adoption or mass awareness, which I think ultimately at this point will hurt Hedera. So I think that the solution Hedera was looking for was instead of changing strategy, instead of changing um, uh, the plan, instead of changing um, what they were doing, I think what they saw was we need to change kind of like who's in charge of this. But I think it's less about you know, the marketing committee or, or someone involved with marketing at Hedera, I think it was a decision at the top, right? It's, it's, can we get someone at the very top of this organization that has that um, expertise and experience in marketing, both um, enterprise, but also major consumer brands and also um, Web3? Can we get someone who understands those things? And then also on the flip side, have experience um, with, the more traditional finance stuff. So you're talking about kind of a needle in a haystack, right? When you look at a person like that. Um, and I think that the, how the community is receiving this news is Hedera may have found that needle in a haystack. Um, and it just so happens his name is Charles, uh, which, you know, as I said, it's kind of funny. But um, the news was announced literally just over an hour ago. Um, Lehman Baird, you know, inventor of the Hashgraph algorithm, co-founder of Hedera, um, you know, tweeted out, you know, hey, Charles, welcome. Um, and that's pretty big. I mean, Lehman doesn't tweet uh, or sorry, post on X um, really at all. Um, and a news story came out and I just wanted to kind of run through the news story here. Um, and this is really the update. It's very short, um, but this is basically the meat and potatoes of this announcement. Um, so the Hedera council, to, and I'm just going to read it quickly verbatim um, from the uh, official news from Hedera. Um, the Hedera council today announced the appointment of Charles Atkins as its new president. Atkins brings a wealth of experience in web three technology, including key roles at prominent web three organizations, such as Aptos and Polygon. Very interesting as well as in finance government, 
and consumer brands, making him a valuable addition to the Hedera leadership team and bringing a new set of relationships to the Hedera ecosystem. That's a key point there is um, I love hearing that line, right? Bringing a new set of relationships to the Hedera ecosystem. Continuing, Atkins expressed his excitement about joining Hedera, quote, I've always been very interested in the Hedera protocol and technology, but equally, if not more importantly, in the governance model and the impressive global governing council. Over the several decades that I've been in technology, I've seen that enterprise and government adoption holds the promise to enable the new use of technology by the masses. Hedera's approach to governance and relationships with some of the world's largest organizations have put them in a great position to be the distributed ledger technology of choice for the largest use cases requiring scale and security. So uh, this sounds like a Hashgraph enthusiast to me, um, and I dig it. And I think you can already kind of tell reading from those statements um, from Charles, you know, he has that kind of marketing brain. He knows how to kind of hit the key points of different things and um, lay out some of these points in ways that resonate with people. And especially, you know, those lines really hit. Um, continuing, Brett McDowell, chair of the Hedera Council, commented, we're thrilled to have Charles join us as president. His caliber of experience and expertise in financial services, government, administration, go-to-market strategy, and Web3 technology uniquely qualifies Charles to serve as the next president of Hedera. His unbridled enthusiasm for Hedera's unique competitive advantage in this emerging market is inspiring, especially considering his executive experience at other respected Web3 platform companies. So there's Brett's side to it. And you can kind of already see, you know, um, the way Brett lays things out. You know, it's, it kind of reads much more corporate, much more enterprise, and rightfully so. You know, the people at Hedera um, really steering the ship, you know, these are enterprise guys. And um, you can already tell from the comments from Charles, his, his brain just works a little differently. I think it works in the way that the community needs right now um, from a marketing standpoint. Now, let's get into the really juicy stuff here. So this is, this is the last part of the article. Um, reading through... Atkins was most recently the global business development, uh, the lead of global business development at Aptos, where he established relationships with Microsoft, EY, and Google. Prior to that, he was vice president of strategy at Landvault, and before that, he was vice president overseeing enterprise applications and financial services for Polygon Labs. He also held marketing leadership roles at Nike, Red Bull, and the Walt Disney Company, and worked for the U.S. Department of Treasury in a security-cleared role overseeing staff of over 120 people and at Morgan Stanley. Atkins also formally served as a startup mentor at Outlier Ventures, with over 80% of his mentees receiving seed or Series A funding upon program exit. So if you want to talk about a resume, if you want to talk about experience, if you want to talk about finding a needle in a haystack, um, you know, I think that if someone were to imagine, you know, what a president for Hedera would look like um, and really, you know, 
it could be anything you wanted. I think this is what we kind of would all think of. It's like, you know, he's got, he checks all the boxes, right? He's got um, the previous experience in Web3 and leadership positions, both at Aptos and Polygon. So he knows the ecosystem. He knows how crazy it can be. Um, but also, you know, um, he's got the experience, you know, on marketing, you know, working for Nike, Red Bull, Walt Disney, um, and then has that, you know, finance background at the U.S. Department of Treasury, uh, Outlier Ventures. Outlier Ventures, you know, also already kind of integrated into the Hedera ecosystem. So it's a really interesting news item, right? It's very, very interesting. Um, and I think it's super bullish uh, for Hedera because, again, on so many different levels, even just, you know, people memeing about it, you know, president of Hedera. Um, it's really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be one for the books. And as, uh, you know, the title for this episode, um, it will never be the same. I think it holds true. I came up with that title on Monday before any of this news kind of dropped. Um, so um, I really think that... Uh, <laughs> I really think I, I nailed it on that one. Um, I brought IPACs up real quick just to to share some thoughts. I know you uh, do those threads um, for the week, but I wanted to maybe give you a couple minutes. Uh, I know you requested. I didn't know if you had anything to uh, to share with everybody. Yeah, brother. Appreciate you having me up. Um, I don't usually tune into these live. I'm usually working at this time, so it's great to be here. I, so I don't know how you usually run the show if you bring people up, and I usually request regardless of the space. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate it regardless, unless you don't usually have people up, then I'll happily step down. But, uh, no, I appreciate just listening to to you delving into, obviously, the breaking news and uh, what's going down in the network. If you want me to share the thread at the top, I'm happy to. If not, that's okay as well. Um, um, but I'm loving the setup. Um, I guess it was like the perfect space to tune into live. Yeah, uh, loving the little the sound effects and the soundboard. I think it sounds good. Um, I wouldn't worry about the Twitter quality. Right um, yeah, it, it sounded great. I was loving every second of it for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. I got a good laugh this morning, like an hour ago, when I uh, 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 got up, and um, I'm on the. Uh, west coast on in the u.s and just seeing uh, starting my day seeing we have a new president charles i'm like please don't tell me his last name is hoshik <laughs> koshkinson's or whatever and yeah. i was like okay please don't tell me he's like coming from cardano or something and then i was like okay i'm selling everything right now we're setting it to zero but right. um <laughs> yeah and then uh just kind of reading through the article and seeing everyone post and i saw your post uh welcome mr president all that kind of stuff so <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's 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 really exciting. Um, obviously, we already have Hangry, so we don't need another one. But right. it is what it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I'm loving it. It's it's. I keep telling everyone, my holders, just community members in the space, like 2024. Um, it's just going to be built different. Like one of the biggest things, and and something you were talking about earlier was was uh, just talking about how like one of the the things that Hedera's lacked in in some capacity and pretty much everyone knows this everyone that's been here we we agree like on the marketing side the retail side um we'll have it and, and we don't even need to go into like the manipulation that other chains usually run with with airdrops and 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 certain little things like that that right. really get retail just all on a buzz right so oh, we don't really do any of that here um in a in a a meaningful way that retail is just going to FOMO and, and come in and obviously lose a lot, bunch of money. But um, on our end, like, like you said, like we've 
um, on the Hedera side, um, not necessarily we, but just Hedera in general, like has, we've seen historically, has done their best to be um, strong on the regulation side, strong on making sure that what they're doing makes sense for the original vision of the 100-year company. And like to me, yeah, short-term price action, seeing certain change pump and, and go do all that stuff. And, and yeah, it sucks. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm leaving nature. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z yeah. chain because they're up 100%. It's like, well, chase the bag, chase the pump, all that stuff. But it's like, unless you're taking profits and you're in it already, chances are you're going to be part of the percent that, that ends up losing money. So um, I, I'm more confident than ever every day, especially writing the threads, uh, seeing what use cases. It's, it's a way for me to stay on top of the use cases uh, going live on the network. And I'm more bullish than ever after two years of being here, um, just growing the chain however I can and obviously contributing on the retail side. But I, I've, I've never been more bullish on the enterprise side. And I think the retail side, I think we're entering that uh, phase where we're just going to start waking up um, and becoming the the giant that we've we've always been so i'm more bullish than ever i don't know if you can tell but i'm super excited oh yeah i think that i think that everybody um in the ecosystem today is kind of like jittering with excitement with uh and we haven't even had a governing council announcement yet so it's like <laughs> it's really crazy but appreciate yeah. you coming up um and yeah I'll, I'll throw you back down to listeners but feel free to to share your thread to the top and uh, appreciate you ipex appreciate it brother thanks for having me Right on. Yeah. So um, we got some more stuff to talk about. We'll probably loop back um, on the president stuff later because um, I can only imagine some more news will break. Who knows if if uh, if more breaking news will will pop off during the show. I have a feeling that we're going to have some stuff like that. But yeah, new Hedera president. Um, big vibe. I dig it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a big day. Taking a sip of my Coca-Cola. FSCO, um, the beloved use case uh, helmed by David, uh, CEO, who's very active on Twitter, um, has been very open with the community um, and has kind of been teasing a lot of stuff. We've talked about it a lot on the show, especially the connections to MasterCard um, and... You know, I think that it's one of those use cases that is very exciting. It's live now on the network. I think that it is contributing to that 3,000 transactions per second. And there's a lot to unpack here. I'd encourage people to go back and listen to previous episodes of the show. I have talked about this use case quite a bit. I did have David on the show earlier this year sharing a bunch of stuff. Um, one thing that I don't know is relevant anymore, but when I had David on the show, right, CEO of, of uh, fresh supply company, which we're talking about, um, when he was, when he was speaking to, I imagine this news, you know, at that time, you know, coming soon, he mentioned that it's one of two things and he couldn't talk about the second thing. Um, I don't know if we're still waiting on that second thing. I just wanted to kind of carry that forward, which was um, I get the sense based on my conversations with him that this news that came out this week regarding FSCO going live on Hedera, um, you know, 
this might be one of two big announcements related to FSCL. That's the sense I get. Now, again, it may, things may have changed, uh, but let's dive into it here. So for folks unfamiliar with FSCO, the, the big juicy bit about it is um, MasterCard had a product called MasterCard Provenance, and it was kind of like um, a private ledger for enterprise and a lot of people used it, including FSCO. And MasterCard had since sunset their their provenance um, blockchain project uh, product. So FSCO and, and a lot of other people were like, okay, well, we'll have to find a new DLT um, to use. And one of their big use cases was they have to be able to um, connect to um, MasterCard still, right? You have to get those credit card transactions through the system and then you have to have a ledger on the other side to, um, you know, record those things and, and, and uh, you know, most likely on HCS. And so that was the big thing is they were looking for that missing piece. And FSEO has this big tech stack called Continuity or, yeah, Continuity, um, their API. And Basically, what that would allow is all of these people that use MasterCard Provenance to then go and use Hedera for their use cases, uh, supply chain. Um, so the big news today was all of those things we had talked about, all those kind of exciting points, all of these systems that FSCO built that, that you know, David and their team have been talking about, um, they're now live on Hedera. Um, so that's really exciting. And a bit of background. Um, this involves, you know, integration of the Hedera token service uh, with FSCO. So um, the FSCO has integrated HTS into its continuity API, which monitors payment life cycles and approval processes, enabling conditional minting of both fungible and non-fungible tokens within commercial workflows. And again, this is about food, right? Fresh supply company. So this is about, you know, where did the cow come from or what ingredients were combined um, can you get a loan out for um, different uh, things? You know, can you can you do that buying and selling automated? Can you have these payment triggers? That's another big element of it. Um, FSEO moved its operations from Mastercard Provenance Blockchain to Hedera, enhancing tr transparency and data verifiability in supply chain and agricultural industries, and their API now utilizes HTS. Um, they're also going to use AI to automate and streamline the tokenization platform utilizing large language models, kind of like ChatGPT, for data extraction and accelerating tokenization processes. So um, very, you know, it, it's it's a theme we're seeing. You know, I talked with uh, Matt Smith. He's from, from Dovu on the last episode talking about some of the stuff they're working on. And it involves AI as well. It's really about bringing all these complexities um, together and recording it on Ledger. Um, the CEO, right, David, noted the increasing adoption of token minting and tracking technologies in various real-world scenarios, emphasizing the need to verify data sources uh, for token tracking. So that's a big part of this is there's so much information that needs to be verified. You have to have a high-throughput system like Hedera to kind of manage all that. Um and soon, Hedera's user base will also be able to access MasterCard's payment gateway services, MP 
GS and other forthcoming MasterCard Web3 and digital asset products as part of the integration. So that's, to me, that's really the, the key takeaway from this news story is like, um, it's, it's two parts. It's part one of this news story is, you know, hey, all this stuff we've been talking about all year, when it comes to fresh supply company, right, FSCO, all that stuff that we've already been talking about and circling so long, that's all live now on Hedera, which is really exciting. Um, and then number two, you know, a lot of MasterCard integrations and connectivity is coming further and more than what we have currently. So you can start to connect some dots. You can start to see some things coming into play. Um, and it's really big. Um, and it kind of brings us into our next story, uh, which involves the governing council. It also involves meeting minutes. Um, this is going to be a bit to unpack. But these two stories kind of work together. They kind of go together really well because we brought up MasterCard, Governing Council, right? It starts to get you going a little bit, and especially as we dive into the meeting minutes. So um, Hedera published their meeting minutes for September. Um, and funnily enough, too, um, there is a Governing Council meeting currently happening right now, right? The December Governing Council meeting is happening literally right now. Um, who knows what they're talking about? I guess we'll, you know, we'll find out in, uh, you know, <laughs> one or two months. Um, but this is the information we got um, from the October uh, council meeting minutes. Um, and again, just for some context, you know, October was a virtual uh, governing council meeting. And they also had a governing council meeting in November, which was in person in Singapore, which was very interesting. Um, and, to me, you know, I think that there are some there are some really juicy rumors in this, and I and I'll read through a couple um, aspects of these governing council meeting minutes. And again, these are this is the information that was talked about during the Hedera governing council um, meeting together. So, first one is uh, Tom S uh, reviewed the minutes from September thirteenth. Uh, governing council meeting and members offered some minor corrections. So that was one thing I flagged, which was, okay, so the September governing council meeting, what corrections were needed? Cause we don't know what those are. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the meeting minutes themselves are tokenized on proven DB using Hedera to prove that, you know, they're the real minutes, this and that. So uh, we don't have an updated version of those September meeting minutes. But I'm curious to know, like, what corrections, you know, minor corrections were needed. Was it just stuff like, um, you know, like a typo or was it something in regards to a number or a date or something more uh, substantial? You know, it'd be really interesting to know that. Um, furthermore, uh, Brian reviewed the current HBAR allocation and shared projections based on certain assumptions of key drivers, including network TPS and transaction mix. Referencing the Treasury Management Report, he explained that certain categories of expenses such as initial development costs and licensing, purchase agreements, and network governance and operations are largely predetermined based on pre-existing obligations and commitments. So he's basically saying um, a lot of these kind of costs and use of HBAR um, are pre-planned when it comes to those types of things. He explained that the allocation to ecosystem and open source development, though, is more flexible 
and contingent upon the decisions of the council members. He shared that the board is seeking feedback from council members regarding the extent to which the council members want to manage the allocation of ecosystem development requests versus delegating such authority to the board. Specific ecosystem development requests from independent third parties within the Hedera ecosystem will be presented and addressed at the November meeting. So obviously the November meeting happened in person in Singapore. And so this is really interesting. Basically, Brian wants the team's opinion on how to manage the funds and requests um, when it comes to open source development um, and the ecosystem. And basically the next meeting they're going to talk about, or not next meeting, but in November's meeting, they talked about um, requests from other people. So put even simpler, um, Hedera has money and funds available for ecosystem development and they want to figure out how to spend it, right? And so it appears to me that these third, who are these third parties? Maybe they're development firms, maybe they're, you know, uh, you know, grant giving bodies or whatever it could be. They're looking for um, guidance on how um, that could be used, how those funds could be used. Um, and ideas were obviously presented uh, in Singapore at the last governing council meeting. So that's really interesting. Um, also, this was kind of funny. Uh, uh, I'm just, again, reading from the uh, meeting minutes, but Tom reminded the council members that as board members can't vote on matters related to their own compensation. <laughs> uh, previously, the council has determined such matters either by voting at the council member level or by delegating authority to a subgroup of disinterested council members uh, to try to make that process more effective and efficient. There was a proposal for a board oversight committee that if approved would have authority to decide on matters involving council programs or initiatives, blah, blah, blah. Basically, um, you know, he's clarifying that, listen, uh, if, you know, these board members that are being paid, um, they can't vote on matters related to their own compensation. Um, which makes sense. It's kind of funny. I don't know why that would have to be reiterated um, or reminded. Um, but, you know, the idea of, you know, another kind of, you know, oversight committee or, or, or other people that it would be tasked with um, determining how much, you know, these people get paid might be a good thing. Um, I don't think that you should have people that are getting paid on the Hedera board, you know, making decisions. <laughs> you know, regarding, you know, what their pay is. Um, I don't think it would be the best thing. Uh, continuing, uh, the council members also discussed network economic targets for long-term sustainability and agreed to prepare treasury management decisions in November. So again, in November, it seems like there was a big, big in-person meeting that took place. Um, this is funny to read too. Brett M., right, the chairman, uh, discussed the upcoming elections for open director and committee chair positions for 2024-2025, term noting that four board seats and five committee co-chair seats, one for each of CoinCom, TechCom, CorpCom, and MemCom, and RegCom. Uh, you know, CoinCom is the, uh, the uh, kind of like tokenomics. TechCom is the technical committee. CorpCom is the, the corporate committee. MemCom is the membership committee. And RegCom is the or RegCom is the regulatory committee. So um, lots of committees. Um, basically, the, the new leadership is going to open up for 2024. I think that's kind of the theme is new leadership, fresh people. We got, you know, a new president, 
all these different stuff. I think there's just a real fresh energy going into next year. Um, Head Air Council staff will issue a call for nomination. So we'll see what comes from that. Elections are going to be running through this month. So we'll find out who those new people are next year. Um, This is really interesting. So this was the bit, this I think was the biggest news from the council meeting. Simon O in his role as membership committee co-chair provided an update on the pipeline of prospective council members and shared that shortly after the meeting, an e-ballot would be issued to the council members to vote on a prospective member. So I've been seeing a lot of people in the Hedera community commenting on, um, you know, who could it be? Um, the, ca- the governing council is voting on a new member. Um, I think that, you know, it is a possibility that the vote could be no, right? The governing council could vote not to uh, have them as part of the council. So we may just see nothing from this, right? Um, but I think the exciting takeaway here is that, you know, this pipeline um, of new council members, it appears that um, it's moving. And in October, they voted on a potential new governing council member. Now, that was two months ago. So what has happened since? I know that when I had Rob Allen on the show um, on episode 100, that was at the time when they were in Singapore for the governing council meeting. And I asked Rob, you know, Rob Allen is on the governing council at Australian Payments Plus. And he mentioned that it was, you know, very exciting governing council meeting. There wasn't a lot he could talk about. I pressed him on it, but there, you know, there wasn't really a lot he could share in in regards to specifics. Um, But it does sound like there were some very important big conversations that happened in Singapore. And does that include, um, you know, a new governing council member? Uh, Continuing in the, just the last note here on the meeting minutes, um, Brett M. updated the council members on the Hedera Council's ongoing search for a new president. Obviously, we know the results of that. Today, the new you know president for Hedera was announced, um, which we talked about at the top of the show, but we'll also probably um, talk a little bit about more about it later in the show, just touching on it. But um, yeah, I think it was a big uh, meeting in Singapore, um, to be honest, and it could have involved a new governing council member. So we'll have to see. Now, the other side to this is the other, you know, the the other element of this governing council stuff is um, there are uh, 13 members of the governing council that are set to have their first term expire, which means that any of those 13 governing council members could um, leave the governing council at the end of the year. Now, um. I imagine that all, if not a majority of these governing council members are going to renew for a second term because they can. Um, but the question still remains that I see talking, you know, people talking about in the ecosystem is, um, will any of these governing council members leave the governing council? And who could that be and why? Um, and I have a few ideas on this. So who are these governing council members? And again, quick refresher for everybody. You know, the governing council is made up of, you know, organizations on Hedera. They run the the main nodes right now um, and they're term limited. That's what we're talking about is the end of their first terms are coming up when they could leave the governing council. 
or renew for a second term. And I think they're limited to, you know, eight years. Um, then they have to leave and then they could come back for another term later after a break of three years. I can't remember exactly, but it's term limited. It's, you know, it's governance. Uh, yeah, it's this and that. Um, so who is on uh, the list that could possibly leave, um, you know, in the new year? Uh, Deutsche Telekom, DLA Piper, Magazine Louisa, Tata Communications, Boeing, IBM, WorldPay, FIS, Nomura, Google, WePro, University College London, Zane Group, and LG Electronics. Those are the governing council members that could either choose to not renew their term at the end of the year or renew their term. Now, I think that all of these governing council members will renew. Um, I don't really see any reason why they wouldn't. Um, I don't, I haven't heard any news. I haven't picked up on any signals that would lead me to believe, um, that anyone would leave. So my prediction personally, um, from what I know, having, you know, done the, you know, Hadera news for two years, over two years, um, you know, my own prediction is that we're not going to see any governing council members leave the council, to be honest, um, in, in the new year. I just, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, nothing leads me to believe that. A big clue that I have is um, if a governing council member were to leave the governing council in the new year, that would mean effectively that they would also shut down their main node or their main net node, right? That the, the network would also lose a node. I don't think that an ex-governing council member would maybe want to do that. And that would necessitate the addition of um, permission nodes to the Hedera network, right? You would have to have permission nodes for a governing council member to um, leave the council and continue running their node. Um, and we don't have permission nodes yet. So there isn't, there isn't actually a pathway it isn't possible for a governing council member to leave the council and continue running a node. It's not possible right now. So that's one clue for me. And the other is, you know, I, I just don't see them doing it. I think if that were to happen, um, more would have been done going into the new year to kind of counter, you know, provide a balance to that. We would have seen a new governing council member announcement. We would have seen some kind of like, um, maybe, you know, the introduction of permission nodes, but we didn't see that. So it, that's my personal take. But again, people will ask, you know, hey, but what if, you know, if someone were to leave the council, who would it be? And what would make me, um, the two things I would look at to determine if a governing council member were going to leave is how many uh, governing council meetings have they attended and what news has come out from those governing council members recently. Um, so let's look at, there's three that I think, there's actually two governing council members that I think have, you know, if we go into the scenario that, um, yes, someone is definitely going to leave the council, I think there are two that are a maybe and one that is a strong maybe. Um, so one of them is Deutsche Telekom. They've attended... Uh, as of July, they attended 35% of governing council meetings. So very low attendance of governing council meetings. And, um, you know, I mean, 
there's not a lot of news um, regarding Deutsche Telekom recently. So not a lot happening on Deutsche Telekom and they're not attending very many meetings, right? They're attending three out of every 10 governing council member meetings. Um, so, you know, not a very strong member of the council. The next would be Tata Communications. Um, they've attended 67% of the governing council meetings. So a good amount, um, but not a ton of, you know, action. Um, so I would say that maybe um, they would have, you know, if, if there was anybody, they would be a maybe. Um, but I do think that there's one strong contender on the governing council that would potentially leave um, in the new year, which would be Zane Group. Um, there's like, there's no news. Um, there yet another telecom company. There's a lot of telecom companies on the, uh, on the governing council. And I mean, they've only attended 56% of the governing council meeting, uh, uh meetings. Um, and there's no news. They don't have any news out. Uh, so for me, I look at Zane group. Um, I look at their position on the governing council. I look what they're doing and I kind of am like, I don't know. They, they don't seem super, uh, you know, involved. So to summarize, I don't think that we're going to lose any governing council members in the new year. Um, if we did, it would mean they would have to get rid of their, their nodes. And I just don't think um, that's going to happen. Now, the other side to this is um, who could be joining the governing council? Like, what's the other side to this is, you know, Obviously, we're going to have a new governing council member joining at some point. Uh, the governing council just voted on a new potential member. Um, there's lots of rumors swirling around. Um, I asked the community back in, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, you know, who would we think would be governing council members? And there's some great options. I mean, obviously, at the top of everyone's list is MasterCard. Um, you know, people are saying Walmart, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Sony, right? PayPal. Um, but also too, like, you know, we need to look at other sectors that might be underrepresented on the council. That's something Christian Hasker was saying. Um, the head of marketing for Hedera, he said that, you know, there's a goal that um, new council members will join that are from underrepresented industries. You know, when you think about that, you think about, okay, food, right? A food company, maybe. Um, so lots of interesting stuff. I think there's been a lot of predictions. I think currently we look at um, who's closest to the surface. And again, I'll just speak personally. I look at Hyundai, right? Um, what we've heard from the governing council and Hedera and Swirls and everybody is, um, they focus on use cases, right? They want new governing council members that are currently building and have use cases on Hedera. And when you look at Hyundai, they're, they're building on Hedera. You know, very recently they announced that um, they would be utilizing Hedera for their own supply chain, right? Their own manufacturing, um, and they recently teamed up with LG, a governing council member, um, for their in-car entertainment system. So you look at Hyundai 
and you go, there's a great contender for a governing council member. They're obviously already connected to the council. They have a use case going. They fit the criteria. They're in the automotive industry, which is, you know, a new sector. Um, and they're focusing on a supply chain use case, which is right up the alley of Hedera um, in the, you know, carbon offset space. So right there, it checks so many boxes for me. I think that Hyundai is a, uh, you know, a strong contender. Um, I also think MasterCard is a strong contender, right? I think that, you know, uh, from what we've seen with FSCO, um, the fact that MasterCard has partnered with quite a few um, use cases on Hedera already, um, and clearly um, many of their 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 ex-clients um, are now using Hedera. Um, I think that, you know, they're also a strong contender. Uh, I don't know if they're building on Hedera currently, um, but I think they're a strong contender. Um, and we also look at Microsoft also partnered with a lot of different use cases. For example, um, you know, m with their CBDC stuff, um, Microsoft partner is partnered with that. So Microsoft has been, you know, partnered with various use cases in the Hedera ecosystem for a long time. Obviously that industry on the governing council is a little bit crowded, right? We already have IBM, we already have Google. So, you know, I don't know if, if Microsoft is a company that Hedera is necessarily targeting, but I think when it comes to, you know, AI and different things like that, it could be interesting. Um, but, and then there's, you know, there's a bunch of other different contenders. I mean, we've, we've talked about them all. I think that the predictions are out there. I just, there's something about companies like um, Hyundai um, that just, I don't know, it, it, it just feels like natural, right, for Hedera to announce them as a governing council member. They're building on the network. It's, it just feels a little natural. It's a, it's a new industry. It's the automotive industry. It's a supply chain use case. It, it, it checks all the boxes. So in my opinion, if I had um, if I had to say my own personal prediction, I'd probably say Hyundai. Um, but again, it, could, it, it literally could be anything. Um, as we've known time and time again, when a governing council member is announced, um, it is not, <laughs> it's not one of the ones in our bingo card. And that held true. With Dell, right? I mean, who saw that coming? Uh, who saw Dell coming to the governing council? I, I certainly didn't. Who saw Kofra coming to the governing council? I didn't. I didn't even know what Kofra was. Um, and so I think that, you know, there's obviously, you know, predictions we can make. But I think there's a there's a higher likelihood of uh, the new governing council member being somebody that isn't part of our our predictions at all. Um, so there's that. I want to I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk about uh, transactions really quick, and then get into some other you know other things that are maybe not specifically Hedera related. Uh, we saw a dip in transactions on the network uh, recently. I see uh, Ray from Dead Pixels listening. Shout out to you. Um, he tweeted out on uh, December 11th um, a screenshot from Metrica. And, you know, I think we've seen this in the past before. You know, the mainnet will drop down in transactions and have a sudden dip to we saw it go from 2000 transactions per second average down to 600 like that snap of the finger and you know i think that 
on the surface, that's kind of shocking. But I think that we see that regularly in the network because most of these high throughput use cases are from a limited number of organizations. So definitely the transaction flow on Hedera is pretty closely aligned to their own business use cases. Like if they decide, you know, if Avery Dennison decides like, oh, well, you know, we need to do an upgrade. We need to turn things off for a minute. It's like, that's going to have a huge impact on the network. And I think that happened before. Um, and I think it kind of spooked people initially, but I think we've learned kind of like, okay, until we have, you know, a, you know, many more high throughput use cases, if somebody decides to kind of spin things down for a minute, of course, we're going to see the whole network take a dip in transactions. So um, I think when it happens, you know, the Hedera community is largely unaffected. I think what was really interesting here was when things came back, they came back in a big way. We're now averaging close to 3,000 transactions per second, right? We started the year at nine. We started the year averaging nine transactions per second. We're averaging 3,000 transactions per second now. Um, and, you know, I think that that's kind of like, it's, it's kind of wild. Um, and, you know, people will go, oh, you know, Atma is subsidized. You know, I, I've talked about that quite a bit on the show. I mean, um, you definitely can have use cases that are, you know, funded by the foundation, this and that. But um, Avery Dennison, you know, Atma is not, you know, using that HBAR they're provided to uh, buy equipment or pay staff or anything like that. It's not like that value is leaving the network. They're using it to pay for transactions, um, which may I remind you that a portion of those payments are going into your wallet because you're staking HBAR um, and it's going back into the ecosystem. It's just cycling through. So it's not like, yeah, it would be great if Atma IO and Avery Dennison were, you know, paying for their own transactions. But I mean, revenue for Hedera as a company has done a 10 X over the last year. So that's impressive. Um, not including Avery Dennison and um, you know, like the value is not leaving the network. Um, that H bar is not being sold to pay for staff. It's just going back into the ecosystem. So it's different, right? It, it, I think that there's a lot of nuance to that. I don't think a lot of people understand that. I don't think how the, the more I talk about it and explain it, I don't think is going to help. I just think that, you know, look at, look at the metrics. Like these are external transactions paid for by external parties to the Hedera network. Um, and, uh, with that, I mean, we also see the H bar price, you know, H bar price is, uh, you know, seeing a similar appreciation. Um, we've moved up quite a few spots in market cap. The highest I've seen recently is we're now number 27, uh, in market cap. Um, and the, the volatility of H bar has increased. We've seen ranges from, you know, six cents to almost eight cents over the last couple of weeks, which is a big increase in that. Um, you know, that uh, volatility. And it's a very exciting time, right? We have the announcement of these major use cases going live on the network, FSCO. We have the announcement of a new Hedera president just hours ago. So you start to see a little bit of an energy starting to pick up. Um, it's exciting. Transactions. We talk about transactions a lot. Um this also brings us to another story, which is uh, the Bitcoin ETF, which everyone is talking about. Um, and 
I'm kind of tired of it, but I'm still excited about it. We started talking about it earlier this year. We, when I say we, I mean everybody on the uh, in, in crypto. Um, but I think it, it, it grabbed the attention of a lot of people in Hedera because what does a Bitcoin ETF mean, right? An ETF is an exchange-traded fund, which traditionally holds all sorts of different stocks. Um, but you can go on the stock market right now and buy exchange-traded funds that contain all sorts of things. It could contain a bundle of stocks. Um, and in the future, it could contain a bundle of crypto, right? So think about the big money people that don't necessarily want to open a wallet, right? Or get a seed phrase. They have their own systems, their regulations. They have to go on the New York Stock Exchange um, and they have to purchase financial assets through reputable you know, systems or whatever, regulated entities or whatever. And they want to buy Bitcoin. Well, if there's an ETF, an exchange traded fund available on a major exchange that you know, you're on your, you know, your Bloomberg terminal and you want to buy Bitcoin, you would buy this Bitcoin ETF um, from BlackRock, right? iShares. Um, a lot of people that invest in stocks are currently holding BlackRock investment products, you know, like iShares stuff, uh, maybe from Vanguard as well. There's a lot of Bitcoin ETFs, but that's the exciting part about it. And, the, and I want to go back on something that Mance Harmon, again, co-founder of Hedera, said earlier this year when asked, when will the bull market come and what will cause it? And Mance Harmon said he doesn't see the bull market coming until the second half of next year, 2024. Um, and he says that's largely because, um, you know, the current American administration, uh, the government has a lot of sway in regards to what happens in the financial markets. And that's not going to change for a bit. We're in a bear market, and it's going to take a lot to change that too. So he's, he's talking about macro factors, but he did say if there was a catalyst to make things happen faster, that catalyst would be Wall Street. And so that's why all of the eyeballs are on this Bitcoin ETF, because if there is a Bitcoin ETF available, so many people are going to purchase it from major companies and corporations and institutions to regular everyday people in their like Robinhood app. And it means that they don't have to open a wallet. They don't have to do anything like that. It brings liquidity into crypto in an all new way. It's a, it's another pillar of this mass adoption we talk about. Everybody's very excited about it. So what's the new news here? Well, the new news on the Bitcoin ETF is um, that BlackRock has updated their filing for it with new information. So that filing is active. BlackRock is being proactive for that filing. And also, Google has updated its crypto ad policies. So what that means is, is very likely, and, and the updates that have, um, that, that have been made are clearly... Uh, to um, accommodate something like a Bitcoin ETF. Could think about it. If let's say uh, BlackRock or Robinhood or any one of these kind of entry points or the New York Stock Exchange or whatever whatever it may be would, were to run advertisements online or in the Super Bowl or whatever, advertising um, this new opportunity 
obviously you would need some kind of, you know, guidelines for that. And so the update to Google's um, ad policy uh, says in January 2024, Google will update the cryptocurrencies and related products policy to clarify the scope and requirements for the advertisements of cryptocurrency coin trusts. Beginning January 29th, 2024, advertisers offering cryptocurrency coin trust targeting the United States may advertise those products and services when they meet the following requirements and are certified by Google. Um, financial products that allow investors to trade shares in trusts holding large pools of digital currency. So this is literally Google updating their advertising ad policies for crypto right in alignment with something like a Bitcoin ETF. So um, people are joking that they expect at least one Super Bowl ad for a Bitcoin ETF. Um, we look at institutions like BlackRock, Fidelity, um, they're going to spend big on ads in the first quarter of next year. Um, I think that this update in particular lends a lot of weight to these getting approved, a high likelihood of that. Um, so that's the update there on that. I'm excited about it. It's a, you know, a developing story, but it is a very big one. It affects everybody. Like Stuff like that directly affects Hedera. If there's more money in this ecosystem, right? More liquidity, more value. Bitcoin goes up in price. That translates to growth for every network, including Hedera. So that is a big one. Um, next story I wanted to chat about real quick. It isn't really a story. I just wanted to kind of loop back on a couple of things. Um, and this is in regards to carbon offset credit stuff. Um, I posted a video clip from episode 104 last week, last week's episode. Um, I had a great conversation with Matt Smithy, CTO of Dovu. We talked about carbon credits. And what I wanted to do is, I mean, there's COP28. There was all the different crazy announcements that came out. Um, lots of really like big ideas, big numbers, trillions of dollars, big market, carbon credit. It's, it's so complex and it's so crazy. And I think a lot of people are excited about it. But um, I just don't know if hashgraph enthusiasts right if listeners of this show if members of the hbar community like really understood what does it mean for them right like what is that all about um and i had a great conversation with them and the key takeaway was um what it is is these carbon credits that you see talked about by the hbar foundation and hedera and swirls these carbon credits that you see um you know, being talked about by, you know, in, in within the scope of the Hedera Guardian that we all see. What these are is these are NFTs. Um, these are NFTs that are HIP 412 compliant. Um, and they're the exact same as any NFT that you're familiar with, like a Dead Pixels or a Hangry Barboons or an HGraph Punks um, or whatever it might be. These are just NFTs. And when these carbon credits go for sale, um, it's like an NFT drop. Right. You can go to the Dovu website. You can see these different projects, right, for maybe it's the um, the uh, retiring vehicles in India. You can purchase those credits. Um, these are like effectively kind of NFT drops that you purchase and they sell out and you hold these NFTs. And as we are familiar with, um, when you hold those NFTs, you buy them, the project sells out, the floor price changes. The secondary market um, changes those prices. People want to purchase those from you. And 
as, as Matt said, these carbon credits, right? These carbon offset credits, all these different uh, products, these NFTs, you're going to be able to buy and sell them on marketplaces like Centex, right? Or you're going to be able to buy and sell them on some carbon offset credit specific marketplace, right? That's more specialized. But these are just regular NFTs you're going to hold in your wallet, your Hedera wallet, like, you know, Hashpack or Blade or Galaxy or whatever it is. That's literally all these are. And then you go kind of like, well, what's the utility? And the utility is, um, for example, in the use case with India uh, retiring vehicles is you're going to be able to take that carbon credit. And when you go to purchase a vehicle, you're going to get a discount on the vehicle. Um, if you're an enterprise and you purchase one of these, maybe a certain type of the, one of these carbon offset credits, you're going to be able to prove the quality of it because it's tokenized on Hedera and you're going to be able to retire it to offset your, your carbon footprint, right? So there's value and not all these enterprises are going to buy these initially. And this is where retail comes in. The buyers of these carbon credits you might buy are probably going to be enterprise probably going to be big companies. Um, and so that's really the exciting thing. It's it's kind of just like what HBAR is. Like HBAR isn't really designed for a lot of people listening to this show. HBAR is designed as a fuel to run an application on the network. But people who are speculative retail investors buy HBAR right now because the demand for HBAR will go up and therefore enterprises will be willing to pay more to purchase that H bar to use for their use cases. So it's the supply demand type thing. And so I'm learning a little more how much simpler these carbon offset credits are. They're NFTs, like we already know, and they're going to be available in the form of, you know, it's very similar to drops and you're going to be able to buy them. And it's funny because that's how the market for carbon offsets currently works. But the problem is, is that it's, it's not transparent, right? And, it creates an environment where people don't trust it. We know that there's a lot of fraud, all these different types of things. So um, that's what makes this really exciting. That's what makes this really interesting is this carbon credit stuff. That's really all it is. And Rob Allen commented on um, this you know, video that I shared. Uh, like There was just a clip from uh, last week's show uh, to a person asking a question um, uh, about this. And the question was, um, let me see here. What did Rob Allen respond to? Or did he delete it? I can't remember. Anyways, what Rob Allen said, the question was basically like, so what do I do with these carbon credits? Like, what's the point of this? What is, what is offsetting? What, do, what is the offsetting part? So Rob Allen says, offset is what one does with a carbon credit. Credits issued on the Hedera Guardian are tokens, NFTs, that one owns and carry real world value as they can be used for speculative purposes on tokenized carbon markets or can be retired to offset one's personal or business impact. Each guardian carbon credit token carries the trust of all the data captured by the project that creates it. As these markets grow, companies that need to show auditors quality assets will be forced to buy these rather than traditional credits that are not trusted. Who are they going to buy them from? They could be buying them from us. Hedera NFT DGENs might save the planet. Um, Hedera NFT DGENs might get rich saving the planet is all I'm saying. Um, and that was the key insight there is um, over the year learning about all this stuff, that's what it really comes down to is these are, these are NFT drops, 
They're exciting new things. Enterprise is going to be buying them from you, or you can use them yourself to offset your, your carbon footprint. That's all it is. And, uh, you know, the bull run on that is starting next year. And it, I'm going to be frank. I'm excited about it. It's a, it's, it, 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 it's a new market that fixes a lot of stuff and it's the future. Like literally at the world leading meetup for this stuff, COP28 that just happened, um, you know, the Hedera Guardian was highlighted as the leading standard for this stuff. So it's big. And I think it should be on everyone's radar. And I think any NFT collector on Hedera should kind of, you know, do the same research that they do for any project about this stuff. It's These are just different projects. Instead of learning about, you know, the founding team and, uh, well, maybe more so what I'd say is like, instead of learning about, you know, how the artwork is made and, and what, what ideas there are for the lore of the project or whatever, it's like, you're going to be learning about the farm, the people who own the farm, um, what they do to um, issue these carbon credits, um, the quality of them, how they're minted, or um, for ecological uh, for ecological projects, right? Like how are the how is this wildlife cared for? You know, learning about those projects and then being able to purchase those NFTs and using that those same parts of your brain as you would use to do due diligence on a traditional NFT project. It's you've like all these NFT collectors and traders and DGENs on Hedera have like built up these muscles and skills to do these kinds of things that I think will serve them well in this new carbon offset um, space. That's that's my thoughts. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a vibe. Music. um, We're going to talk about music. Hedera music, NFTs, just quickly. Um, we saw a new platform coming into the fold that we talked about last week, you know, Amplify. Um, we've seen, you know, all sorts of different music NFTs like Vasizi and Vicente um, doing those stuff. We, we saw HGraph Punks and the Launchpad doing like metaverse shows. Um, I'm just like, I'm just taking a minute here to just reflect on it um, and just keep people's attention on it. Um, again, on the topic of NFTs, moving beyond just JPEGs and stuff and really looking at, okay, what's the next big thing for NFTs? I also think music is a part of that. Um, audio NFTs, right? Albums, streaming, um, ticketing. Uh, there's so many different use cases. Um, and when you think about in the real world, when you look at art, truly, I mean, half the art that we consume in the real world is art that we listen to. Right in in Web three, you know, probably only five percent of the art that we consume is stuff that we that we hear. Um, again, in the real world, half of it is what we hear. Um, so there's a big discrepancy. I think that the growth of music NFTs across crypto is going to grow immensely, and I think what's holding it back is standards. Right? Um, I think that it is. How do you make these things? How do you have a standard for this? I mean, the whole music industry depends on standards. Um, so standards is a, big, is a big part of that. And a quick shout out to the Hashgraph NFT working group um, that has been working all year on some standards for music NFTs um, that will be published soon in the form of a hip 
Um, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of that group. It's incredible work that's being done. And I think that the, the work that that group does is going to unlock the ability for music NFTs to really, um, you know, blow up on Hedera. So keep an eye on that. But I would say new year, you know, music NFTs on Hedera. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be pretty crazy. Um, Flutterwave money transmission. So, um, Flutterwave um, has secured 13 new money transmission licenses in the U.S. Um, and services 29 states with its SendApp remittance solution. And this is a solution using Hedera. So uh, for folks unfamiliar with Flutterwave, we talked about them on episode 98. Uh, Flutterwave integrated the USDC stablecoin on the Hedera network, aiming to revolutionize cross-border payments in Africa. This collaboration seeks to offer instant, affordable payments and remittances, tackling issues like high transaction costs and slow settlement times. The partnership, which was announced at the Africa Money and DeFi Summit West Africa, aligns with Flutterwave's uh, mission to simplify payments across the continent and Hedera's goal to enhance network utilization. So this recent news um, is basically... uh, you know, they've acquired money transfer licenses for 13 states, which is big. Uh, and you've probably also seen the news of, um, you know, Elon Musk at X securing uh, money transmit uh, transfer licenses in various states. This is what's going to allow people to become payment processors effectively, right? For X to uh, become a payment processor itself. Um, so the states include Arizona, Arkansas, Maryland, Michigan, Delaware, Georgia, Maine, Mississippi, Missouri, New Hampshire, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Um, With the licenses in a partnership with another licensed financial institution, Flutterwave can now serve customers in 29 U.S. states. These licenses allow Flutterwave to enable faster, more affordable, and secure money transfers between the United States and Africa. The licenses are crucial for Flutterwave solutions like the Send app, which facilitates money transfers between the U.S. and South Africa. Uh, Stephen Chang, Executive Vice President of Global Expansion and Partnerships at Flutterwave, emphasized the importance of these licenses um, in expanding their regulatory footprint and building trust with regulators, partners, and customers. The licenses are part of Flutterwave's commitment to working with regulators uh, to safely uh, help you know send customer funds. Um, and again, this is leveraging USDC, on the Hedera network. So we're talking about real world use cases that are truly global and tying into those traditional finance rails, which is really, really exciting. Um, And I think that, you know, when we look at a news story like this, um, I think, again, this is one that I think is going to continue to fly under the radar a little bit. I think that this is one that we're not really going to see really pop off for a while. But this infrastructure is being laid. Um, and when you look at, again, some of the stuff that MTech is doing with CBDCs, um, especially, you know, I had a great conversation with their CEO, Carmel Cadet, on a recent episode of the show, talking about what they're working on. And you look at the things happening over um, in Africa with, you know, payment infrastructure. Um, it's just really exciting. Um, and I think that when you look at how Hedera is positioned as a global network, all these things, right? There's so many dots that you can just start connecting right away. Um, I want to talk a little bit, just really quick 
on uh, Bitcoin and ordinals. This is just for a little bit of context, um, heading into a bull market um, and, you know, kind of seeing what other networks are dealing with. Um, And we saw that the Bitcoin network, um, and again, uh, the the BRC20 tokens um, are effectively, it's like, a duct tape solution in Bitcoin to allow other coins to be on Bitcoin, right? Because initially Bitcoin, the network, you only have Bitcoins, but you can't really build anything on top of Bitcoin. So they have these new kind of bootstrapped duct taped uh, solutions to allow you to have more coins. And the problem is on December 6th, um, there was a headline that came out uh, from cryptonews.net that grabbed my attention. Uh, Bitcoin network stressed by BRC20 token surge fees soar amid transaction backlog. So the Bitcoin network is currently under heavy load and in a congested state due to the popularity of BRC20 tokens. It has impacted the transaction times and costs for sending Bitcoin. According to mempool.space, there are more than 280,000 unconfirmed transactions on the Bitcoin network. Furthermore, memory pool usage has exceeded 300 megabytes and has reached 1.57 gigabytes. In essence, the mempool is Bitcoin's quote-unquote waiting area for transactions that each full node maintains for itself. Once a node has verified a transaction, it waits inside the mempool until it is picked up by a miner and inserted into a block. Once the mempool fills up, nodes begin to prioritize transactions by setting a minimal transaction fee threshold so this is where it gets really interesting only transactions with a large enough fee can access the mempool which also reduces transaction spam nevertheless it also increases transaction costs for genuine transactions and at the time of december 6th transaction fees had increased to between 14 and 16 dollars depending on the priority so transaction fees on these other networks are starting to creep up a little bit. Um, And there are a lot of different arguments happening on Bitcoin. And when you think about a bull market coming in and some of these other networks with their, you know, with transaction fees and gas, what we saw in the last bull run with, you know, incredibly high fees on Ethereum and Bitcoin, it really makes you wonder, you know, how that mass adoption is going to happen because generally to deal with those high transaction fees, you have to sacrifice security, you have to create another layer. Um, and so you kind of look at Hedera as an alternative and it really starts to make you think, you know, will that contrast be seen in this bull market? Um, will people start to look more at Hedera as a contending alternative um, for, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum just because of these issues that happen? Um the other side to this is ordinals. So ordinals is obviously, um, you know, NFTs on on Bitcoin. And the struggle with that is it's, it's heavily centralized currently. Um, there are arguments to be made on both sides of it, but effectively, um, you know, we've talked about it on the show quite a bit. I had patches on the show from the Hedera community to talk about ordinals and the need for governance um, the fact that effectively when ordinals got started and kind of still to this day, it's really just a couple of people that control it. Uh, but there is billions of dollars 
worth of money flowing through the Ordinal's NFT ecosystem. So on the other side, um, it's a large, it's a massive market. Um, the breaking news here is that Ordinal's was submitted to the NIST National Vulnerability Database um, for the U.S. federal government. And, um, you know, the kind of true Bitcoin maintainers and developers are starting to turn sour on Ordinal's because there's all these new things built on top of Bitcoin that's starting to clog up the network. And so we're reaching a turning point in the Bitcoin network of, are we going to see another fork of Bitcoin? You know, and, and it's going to be very interesting to kind of see what that means um, and what that entails. Uh, what how, how many boats is that going to rock? Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with that. Um, my hope, to be honest, my hope is that Balance can be found, you know, through governance, through proper development, through different BIPs, right? Bitcoin improvement proposals, um, that the network can grow, that it doesn't have to fork, all these different types of things. But I think that the general sentiment to a lot of people driving these initiatives like BRC20 tokens and ordinals, you know, don't really care about that um, because of the money. There's a lot of money there. It's huge. And... I worry that the Bitcoin network could fork. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, then you it brings us back to the Bitcoin ETF and all these different types of things. And it's like, what does that mean for stuff like that? You know, what what's going on with all that kind of stuff? It's very interesting to think about. And again, this is happening in a bear market where there isn't a lot of activity. Will these things withstand a bull market? Or... Um, will it just cause things to crumble a little bit? You know, I don't really know. I think someone great to follow on this in the Hedera ecosystem is Patches. Um, definitely follow Patches from Turtle Moon and HGraph Punks. He's he has a lot of great information on ordinals, um, and I think that you know he's a good one to follow um, on these different updates. Um, and he has a lot of great recent posts um, on that. Um, and that brings us to our last story of the day, and, and I'll kind of loop through back to the back to the main points um, of this week. I'm actually just going to check real quick um, if we have any kind of like breaking breaking news because you never know. Um, no, I don't think we have anything happening right now. Right now, who knows what happens when the show's over? But um, also, too, real quick, like if if anyone has any uh, news items that I should share. Um, about uh, anything, feel free to use the comment button at the bottom right of uh, of the Twitter spaces here. Share any updates with me. Um, Tata just shared um, the latest news. We talked about the governing council, potential members leaving, the fact that uh, Zane might be a contender for a council, uh, a council member that might leave the governing council member because of their low attendance to Hedera governing council meetings and lack of news. Uh, HBAR Tata at HBAR Tata just uh, sent me a note um, on Zane in May. This is uh, from, I believe, a Hedera Governing Council meeting. It said, uh, Richard M. shared Zane's vision for a Hedera-enabled global tele telecommunications ecosystem platform. In particular, he discussed current challenges with roaming settlement between telecom carriers, the past efforts of GSMA, um, and the vision and plans for a consortium-led approach to achieve wide adoption of the proposed 
telco ecosystem platform. The solution will be funded initially by grants from the Hashgraph Association and BCGX with near-term plans for a, for a sprint to validate the vision and mobilize participants. So there you go. Uh, f- even more, even less of a chance that uh, we'll see a governing council member leave the council this year. Um, clearly, although there hasn't been a lot of news from Zane, um, and uh, you know they they have a low council member attendance. Um, seems they have a vision. It seems there's an an initiative getting started, and we did hear from I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been Mance, again co-founder of Hedera. He did mention that even if a governing council member has a low attendance to meetings, it doesn't necessarily mean that they um, you know aren't building on the network or aren't moving and shaking they they may just be building currently and then will come up for air later so zane might be one of those so i appreciate that tata um yeah my last story is basically the struggles of a bull market as we saw recently in the hedera community i don't want to you know mention anyone specifically peace and love to everybody um you know we start to see the struggles of a potential bull market um you know i think that You look at people within the Hedera ecosystem, maybe you call them influencers, maybe you call them connectors, um, new people doing news, all those different types of things. Um, You know, there's many sides to it, right? Uh, Maybe there are certain people who consider themselves influencers that feel threatened when new people enter the ecosystem that could also be considered an influencer. Um, Or, Maybe um, someone enters as an influencer with ill intentions, or maybe someone just comes in too hot and heavy, or is, or is, it's overwhelming. Um, you fl- sometimes, if you become a lightning rod for attention or conversation, you're definitely going to attract all sorts of viewpoints, you know, and many of those will just not be friendly to you. Um, so again, as we approach a bull market. There's, there's kind of two arguments to be made here and, and, and a certain reality to accept. Um, the reality is that we're going to see many influencer types, grifters, all sorts of different people enter the Hedera ecosystem as more money flows into the ecosystem, as the price of HBAR goes up. And, you know, that's just a reality and you got to be careful. Now, what are the two things we have to keep in mind? So the one thing we got to keep in mind is that yes, you have to be careful. You got to do your due diligence. You got to call people out on bullshit. And you have to um, also kind of um, keep grounded as possible, right? Like it's important to react appropriately when you see someone enter the HBAR ecosystem that's very exciting and very loud and very powerful. It's, it's, you know, it's the natural reaction to kind of go like, whoa, check check it out. This is exciting. Um, but then it can cause a bit of a burnout. It can cause things to spin out. You can fly too close to the sun. But the second thing to keep in mind is I know that in the past, you know, we've had people enter the ecosystem that, you know, you could argue, you know, scammed people or grifted people or whatever. But I think that the ultimate, um, the the worst thing that could happen is if those folks took out some of the magic of this ecosystem. And what I mean by that is 
um, this ecosystem becoming unwilling to welcome in new energies and new exciting people. Um, because there's, there will be culture clashes, right? There will be, um, you know, people that don't quite fit the traditional H barbarian culture, right? They'll be coming from other networks. They'll be coming from outside of crypto and they'll be very excited. They'll be looking for opportunity in this ecosystem and people maybe want to call it gatekeeping or whatever it is. I think what it really comes down to is it's like to, to, to be very simple about it. It's like relationships and love, right? It's like you get hurt um, by certain relationships and over time it can prevent you from opening up to new things and, and uh, out of, out of a, um, a pain response to not wanting to get hurt again. And I don't want this community to get calloused in that way. I don't want this community to kind of like get closed off by those things. The reality is, is that people will enter this ecosystem with ill intent. People will get scams. These things will happen. I don't think anything will help us avoid that from ever happening. I think that will be, what will be helpful is educating each other, um, is being very careful, um, is creating new ways for us to do due diligence. Um, and have important conversations. But I also think that something that could be to the community's detriment is um, raising red flags too early sometimes. Um, I th and again, it's not because it shouldn't be done. Sometimes it's, it's because, again, it's like you've been hurt in the past, you've been scammed in the past. Um, and it's like one of those things where it's like if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, what I'm trying to say is I don't want to see the Hedera community get so calloused that, you know, we can close ourselves off to opportunity or welcoming new people into the ecosystem that, that might come in with the wrong approach, that might not make sense initially, that might come in a little too hot. Um, you know, I don't want to see those things. Um, it, so it, it's a tough balance, right? On one side, you want to avoid scammers. You want to avoid... Um, you know, people work in the flim flam. You want to avoid those things. You want to stay safe. But on the other side, you don't want to go too far to close off certain doors and be kind of seen as gatekeeping or those different types of things. So it's a tough balance. And I think that we're going to see a lot of things play out in that regard in this ecosystem. And I, I think that's my wish is I hope that, um, you know, that it's not the case that, uh, you know, this, you know, that Hedera, you know, becomes so calloused that, you know, it can't kind of let new people in and stuff like that. So there is a bull market coming and there will be struggles that come with it. You know, just as there's a bear market and there's struggles, uh, bull markets have struggles as well. Um, and I think, you know, just looping back on things here as we get into the show or at the end of the show. taking a sip of my bevy here um you know i think that what it really comes down to is it's been a bear market we haven't had a ton of big substantial news we haven't heard about a new governing council member we haven't seen a big pump in h bar yada 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 um i think that you know we may start to see those things right we're starting to see h bar appreciate in price we had the announcement of a new hedera president um there are major use cases going online, right? Uh, we talked about it on the show just now. Um, the governing council is voting on new governing council members. Um, like it's happening. 
Um, and we're starting to see the beginning signs of it. And I think that we're starting to see the beginning signs of a bull market uh, overall, right? Um, but I think that the big thing here is kind of just staying balanced a little bit. And I think also like um, staying balanced, but also leaning into the hype. Like something I talk about on the show quite frequently is like um, when we look at, you know, substance versus hype, you know, the big slogan in the Hedera ecosystem for a long time was, you know, all substance, no hype. Um, and I think that's a little outdated. Um, I think that also expecting Hedera to, you know, hype everything is maybe you know also the wrong approach, right? Um, I think that it's it's kind of like Hedera has the substance stuff covered, and it's you know the community is like I think we're going into a bull market. We're free to hype it, guys. Like I think that like we're free to do the crazy price predictions, post images of charts, get people excited about stuff. Um, you know all of these different things. I think that it's time to start getting a little crazy. I think it's time to start having some fun. Let the guard down, lean into it. The holidays are coming. We're going to be hanging out with family. Like we talk about TVL, TPS, TVR. What about FUN? Let's have some fun, right? It's clear that Hedera has stuff figured out, right? I think now... I think it's time to take broad strokes. Like we don't need to be in arguments with people on, on X and social media arguing about, you know, data and rounding errors. You know, you can literally just say like, you know, um, Hedera is the fastest, most used, most affordable and environment friendly DLT on the planet, period. That's just a fact. Um, I think when you start explaining things, you get yourself in a losing position. I think that what you want to do is you want to raise questions. You want to cause a little bit of controversy. You want to have some of those debates, but you want to have it from a place of like, um, you know, broad strokes. I think if you're a network that doesn't have um, the technical capabilities to back those things up, you shouldn't be doing those things. But Hedera has the technical capabilities to back up those statements um, so I think the wrong approach is not making those bold claims and bold blanketed statements and being too worried about specifics or nuance. Um, you know, the crypto industry is not an industry of idle standing people that you speak to, right? Where you have their attention. Um, you know, the crypto industry is a merry-go-round spinning out a thousand rotations per second. Um, so you have to have broad, bold statements to grab people's attention and get them asking questions. Um, and it's okay if, you know, they don't get it or they disagree or they spread FUD or whatever. It's like, those are byproducts of getting attention. You know, um, I think that, yeah, you should, you should address misinformation for sure. Um, but don't be afraid to make bold claims. You know, don't be afraid to hype stuff up a little bit. Like um, the bear market, I think we've, you know, we definitely had to um, operate in a particular way as a community, but I think we kind of have to let some stuff go now. We kind of have to go, okay, let's have some fun. Let's lighten up a bit. Um, you know, because when we look at mass adoption, when we look at retail, when we look at people coming over to other networks, 
What are they going to want? They're going to want to go where the fun is. They're going to want to go where the money is. They're going to want to go where the big green candles are. They're going to want to go where the meme coins are. They want to go where the NFTs are. That like It's literally that simple. Um, what does it take for us to get there? Right? That's really all that matters. Um, because... Hedera's got the other stuff covered, clearly. Swirls has the other stuff covered. The foundation has the other stuff covered. They're doing all the kind of like boring substance stuff that is important, that is enterprise, that is government. And they're obviously killing it and doing a great job. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, as a community, we kind of got to shake it off a little bit and, uh, you know, cut loose. Um, and now with this new president um, at Hedera, you know, Charles Atkins, you know, with experience marketing at Nike, Red Bull, and Walt Disney, financial experience at Morgan Stanley, the U.S. Department of Treasury, Web3 experience in leadership positions at Polygon and Aptos. Bringing that into Hedera, um, I think that is somebody that can help, uh, you know, feed into that a little bit. You know, maybe he's going to be able to say to Hedera, like, hey, you know, it's not the worst thing that, you know, people are popping off about stuff and going a little crazy. It's not that bad. It's not too crazy. And with that, another week continues. Um, a quick mention, I completely forgot to uh, mention that, you know, the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show averages about 500 listeners per episode on X spaces, which is crazy and hundreds more on podcast platforms. Um, over the years, I've covered every major Hedera news event, unpacked almost every juicy rumor and hosted countless in-depth discussions with important figures in the Hedera ecosystem. And I've been able to do it all live with you guys. Um, and yeah, I got new equipment. I got new gear. It, I, I think that next year in the show is just going to continue getting better and better and better. Um, and uh, it's, it's all because of supporters of the show. I'm just sending H bar to the show and I, you know, spend it improving the show, um, you know, uh, improving how the research is done, um, improving the production um, and just more content, like more short form content will be coming. Video stuff will be coming. Um, and, you know, I spend, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours every year um, on the show. And, you know, I would, you know, I'll just keep doing it as is because I love it. Um, but as people contribute to the show, um, it tells me to, uh, make it bigger, make it better, scale it, spend more time on it. So, uh, just really appreciate the supporters. Um, you can send a contribution to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. Fun memos appreciated. Um, the full, uh, wallet address of the show is in the podcast show notes, YouTube description and the jumbotron up top, um, for folks listening live on X spaces uh, and, uh, a free way, if you don't have any H bar to spare to support the show is, um, just like, you know, leave a review on Apple podcasts or Spotify or Google and, or leave a comment on YouTube. Um, it helps big time. You can leave a tip on galaxy as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, let me know, um, how the show sounds after the show, like with the recording, I mean, Twitter spaces doesn't have the best, um, audio quality, but, go and listen to the recording on major podcast platforms and YouTube. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, people's thoughts on kind of how it sounds, um, the new kind of new music, the audio components, all those different types of things. 
Um, I'm going to continue kind of learning, you know, what sounds good, really get those fine tweaks in um, and kind of using this to the full potential. Um, here, another cool thing real quick is like um, what I'm going to be able to do is um, stuff like this. Uh, check this out. I'm going to start playing the Lehman Harvard talk right here. It's not good enough for me to just show you some file signed by the DMV that says I had a driver's license because maybe I got into some accidents and they pulled my driver's license. Maybe they revoked it. They canceled it. Right? Like, how cool so is that? Be you know? able to do revocation. We want the DMV to be able to... So I can just play stuff from YouTube and different things. So um, it's just the show's going to be better. I got the, I got the new equipment. And it's, and it's I got it because of the show. The show raised enough money to buy a bunch of podcast equipment. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, how cool is that? I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, so shout out to everyone listening live on Spaces right now. I appreciate all you guys. Shout out to the supporters, everyone listening to stuff. The theme of the show this week was it will never be the same. And I meant that about the show. Um, and I think that's true for the whole Hedera ecosystem. So many things are changing. So many new people um, are coming in to the ecosystem from the top to the bottom. Um, and there's many more use cases. We're at 3,000 transactions per second. Um, the price is going up. We like Think about it. On the last bull run of Hedera, we had no NFTs. We had no meme coins. We had no marketplaces. We had no DeFi, no nothing. There was nothing. And HBAR rose to 50 cents, right? And also we had, you know, a tiny amount of transactions per second. We had like nine or 20 transactions per second. We had nothing. And still we experienced a sizable bull run. And with a bull run approaching, right, we have a grown governing council. We have a new president. We have 3,000 transactions per second. We have DeFi with 40 million TVL, right? We have major use cases. We have NFTs. We have marketplaces. We have wallets. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a different game. It's a different vibe. And that's a wrap for the Hashgraph Enthusiast News, episode 105. It will never be the same. Broadcast live on Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific and made available on all major podcast platforms the following Thursday. So tomorrow. Um, and I'll be doing some more interviews in the new year. It'll be a vibe. Reminder, the next episode will be the last episode of the year. I will be taking a break for the holidays. Um, so make sure to tune in next week. It'll be the last show of the year. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, make sure to make an HBAR contribution. I appreciate everybody so much. Um, and you can get all the info about the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar and I'll see you next Wednesday for the news and as usual for everyone listening live now if you see someone that uh, you know or if you don't know click their profile picture on Twitter send them a DM ask them what's new ask them what's going on um, I'm just so happy about the new setup for the podcast I can't wait for next year it's a vibe what a big week and with that hello future Goodbye past.
thanks for listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show, hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Also, how hilarious are those two? I call them um, Hashgraph Howie and H. Barbara. Uh, a lot of people might not know that I have uh, a couple AI research assistants that I use that are named Hashgraph Howie and H. Barbara. They help me with the show. I'm happy to feature them in the uh, intro now. So thank you. Thank you, Hashgraph Howie and H. Barbara. Uh, take care, everybody.